0: Welcome to the Sober by Design podcast, where we explore the many pathways to recovery and a better life through conversations with a wide array of guests. Whether you're sober curious, in recovery, or simply looking to improve your mental health and well-being, this podcast will have something for you. Each week, we sit down with inspiring guests from all walks of life who share their personal stories of struggle and triumph, offering valuable insights and practical advice on how to design a life worth living. From addiction and mental health to spirituality and creativity we cover a wide range of topics that are relevant to anyone seeking to live a more fulfilling and authentic life so join us on this journey of discovery growth and transformation and start designing a new life all right everybody welcome to the sober by design podcast today we have a guest Nicole Hamilton Nicole is CEO of the kids coach And I'm going to let her talk a little bit about that more. Um, But first, I just want to welcome Nicole to the podcast. And uh, how are you doing today, Nicole?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Corey. I'm super excited to where this conversation is going to go.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited too. One, because you're in the future from where I am right now. You're literally a day ahead. So that's pretty cool. Um, This is the first time uh, doing a podcast with anybody from Australia. And um,
1: oh, yay. yeah,
0: um, I have done Canada, but not Australia. So
1: I'm lucky, I'm lucky to be the first. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yes.
0: Um, so I just I normally start these out just asking people a little bit about how they grew up and where they grew up. Um, I think it's important to to kind of set a baseline for people to understand, you know, who you are now didn't just start there right? Like you are you today because of what you experienced over the course of your life. So where, if you could just give us a little like zero to 18 kind of uh, timeline, of that'd be great.
1: Yeah, easy. Um, so I'm in South Australia, which is Adelaide, uh, for, for those who don't know Australia. So um I grew up in the suburbs until I was about in grade three, which is around that seven year old age mark. And then we moved to the Barossa, which is country. So, you know, very small town, um, country schools, country people, you know, chickens, horses, cows, you name it. Um, And it was a beautiful uh, kind of wholesome lifestyle. Very clicky that I found it, you know, moving from being the outsider. I didn't grow up in the generations of the, the country families. Um, I guess I found it hard to start again at that, you know, seven-year-old age to fit in with the, you know, kids at school Um, And I I grew up there, my family, um, my mum and dad's still together to this day, amazing parents, I have a brother Um, I went all the way through to, you know, to high school and then met my ex-husband now, but very young, when I was 16, 17 Um, yeah, a lot. A lot of the the journey that I have now as that kids coach goes back to those times. I, I know where I was either bullied or shut down my emotions, or different things happened in my in my childhood where where I, I felt probably not good enough at certain times. But um, on the on the all I had um very wholesome, loving like you know gr- growing up uh, environment. You know, I always knew that I could go to my parents. I could talk to them about anything. I could make mistakes. Um, nothing was off the table, although the one thing that I guess I rebelled against in my teenage years, my mum and dad had very strict ideas of what I could not couldn't do when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17. I couldn't catch the, you know, train by myself into town. I wasn't allowed to dye my hair until I was 16. I definitely wasn't allowed to drink alcohol. In, in Australia, we're allowed to drink at 18. So my rebellious part started there when I would, you know, don't tell me no, I can, I can get away with it, you know, by... Hiding things in mind but um yeah that's probably zero to, to 18
0: yeah and then so you were obviously in a relationship with you know your ex-husband or you know soon-to-be husband yep. at this point um yes. supportive family yes. but you're rebelling against that yes. sort of like uh you know strict household which i i can see right like there's this you know that is, a, a, I guess, a common story. Um, not my story, but common story nonetheless. And, um, you know, so what happens at 18? Do you like leave the house and just go, yeah, go crazy? Yeah. yeah,
1: pretty well. So, um, my um, ex husband, Craig, he is seven years older than me. So I loved, you know, being, you know, diving into the adult world. I, uh started drinking at at a young age and got introduced to party drugs at that age like um lsd and then it moved to methamphetamines um and um and we used to i kind of ecstasy so uh, mdma Mm -hmm. um and kind of dabbled in that world just on and off like uh, from my you know 18 to, to 20s um and you know that was something that was, you know, just a, little, a crazy time. Like I, I loved a good time. I tried, try anything, uh, party, a lot of raves, a lot of music. I um and was trusting in in you know in the people that I was hanging around. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get sober. Like I had my my first child at twenty five, so we got married, and in between this time, got sober, and um and in that in that um next bracket um I, I guess i i did everything that i was meant to do got married built a big beautiful house had the two beautiful cars traveled overseas had this corporate job had all these things that were meant to be meant to be uh mm-hmm. keep it making me happy and i was deeply unhappy and that's when the amphetamines came back into both of our lives my me and my ex-husband and it got out of control mm-hmm. like we were what we call functioning addicts but we were spending all our all our money on on uh, on on our addiction um and we personally we both had been to drug and alcohol counseling and doctors and tried to get this you know get ourselves back on track and multiple times we'd get sober for certain periods of time and then just go back mm-hmm. and for me for me i can only obviously talk about my own personal story it got really dark like i remember my drug of choice was um crystal meth. I don't know how you guys call it over in the States, Mm -hmm. but I was smoking it in a glass pipe. That was my way, my choice. And um, I remember smoking it one year, wrapping Christmas presents, thinking I'm so done with this. I hate this. And then, um, uh, you know, fast forward a year later, I was doing the same thing. I was deeply unhappy and I was using it as a coping mechanism to shut down my emotions. And it wasn't until... I had one session of hypnotherapy it wasn't until I actually went looking for another modality of healing that I was like ah I know why I did this like I, I you know I literally had the key I had this beautiful session and I got the key because I was looking for my sobriety throughout all of this I, I wanted to be sober Um I Saw my my two my two lives. I was like, I can go this way and I can be in my light with my kids and and sober, or I can continue down this track and end up you know dead. Like I can end up dead, and I I started you know started this personal development journey at uh, thirty, I think it was. I'm forty two now, and. It was just so euphoric. I was like, I know why I did this. Like, I had a pretty good childhood. I had the things that I, you know, was meant to do with society, but I was still so deeply unhappy within who Nicole was meant to be. I was searching for this out. And so the addiction for me kept me alive, kept me through my, you know, my darkest times. But it wasn't until afterwards I look back, I was like, wow, like it was just a suppressant. I was, you know, not happy. I'd done all these things. And from that, and because I started diving into the unconscious healings and the different modalities that are out there for for, for healing and, and mental health, I was like, "This is what I'm meant to do. I'm, I'm meant to be a coach. I'm meant to talk to people about the alternative options when it comes to sobriety, because not all methods work for all people. You know, you know, the general counselling or doctors or medications may or may not work. Right. So I, I started my 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 sober journey, but.
0: Nearly like thirteen years ago. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, thirty, and yeah, about thirteen years ago. A mm-hmm. um, couple of quick th- questions. Uh, there was a lot there, so I know. Um, no, that it's all good. Uh, I like it. Um, so you had your first child. You have you have two two. I have
1: friend. I have three now, so I have two to my ex husband, two okay. boys that I biologically carried. I have a wife now, okay, and she carried our little girl, who's three. So I have a seventeen year old, a fourteen year old, and a three year old.
0: Okay, okay, and um, you know, and I, my story does not include the same substances as yours. So like, I don't, I know crystal meth, and I know sort of about it, but I can't a hundred percent relate to it. But like at the time that you were wrapping gifts for your children and using crystal meth, like I can't, from what I know of it, like I can imagine that was a very hard way to parent, parent too, right? Like, and just be in your day-to-day life. Was it, you know, were you, um, cause like what I know of is like you're, you're up all the time and like, it's just a different type of atmosphere or were, was for you? Was it calming?
1: So I, for me, like, um, I mean I don't know what I looked like from the outside. I can only remember what I looked like mm-hmm, from my yeah. version. But I was quite functioning. Like yeah. I would, you know, I had my own business. I was a beauty therapist. I could go to the bathroom and, and use and then get back into um uh you know, back into functioning my kids never saw it like i do it in the bathroom when they were asleep um but it it numbed me and mm. uh, you know i've had a couple of relapses in this 12 years i'm happy to talk about but i've never gone back to smoking it every single day or anything mm. like that and i just don't like it but for me i think i'm adhd mm. <laughs> pretty sure i'm wait, waiting to be diagnosed so it kind of made me more focused mm. calmer but very numb very very numb um staying up multiple days in a row not good though but yeah, it yeah. would help me kind of laser focus and um, be able to to function to do the things that I wanted to do. But it was a it's a very numbing drug.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the amphetamine thing kind of checks out with ADHD, you know, because I guess like the medications that they prescribe to people Correct. like are kind of in that Correct. same chemical compound, right? They're like a, a click or two away from like yeah. cocaine. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, mean, that's the chemical compounds are very similar. Um, and so you're going through all this, you know, something's going wrong and you're sitting there one Christmas, the next Christmas you come around and you're in the same spot. And then you said hypnotherapy, was it just like out mm-hmm. of the blue? You're like, I need hypnotherapy or did like somebody prompt you? I, I, yeah. I had
1: no idea what hypnotherapy was. Uh, I literally met a a friend of mine through through a dancing community and and she's like oh my boyfriend's a hypnotherapist and i had no idea i just intuitively knew i needed that and when i met this beautiful soul he stared at me and he was obviously an energetic healer too my whole body tingled and i was like is he doing it i can't look at him is he hypnotizing me (laughs) i had no idea what hypnosis was and positive language you know and i just booked a session i just knew that that's what i needed Um, but it wasn't until a year after that session that I started studying it myself and realized the profound effects it can have on our, on our mental health. And I haven't really stopped studying since unconscious therapy and, and word therapy and all the things that we can use is so powerful.
0: Yeah. I, um, I did hypnotherapy sessions with somebody a couple of years ago and, uh, I was turned on to my person through a woman I was doing EFT with and, um, Mm. And then she's like, I think you're ready for hypnotherapy. Like, you know, as if I had gone through like some gate of of of, Uh. like the therapy world, right? Like now you're ready. And um Yeah. It was it was good. It was it was you know, I it was a lot different for me. Um I don't know that I had a profound moment, but it was helpful. Um, you know, and and some of that probably is also who I am as a person, I'm, I'm like a little bit more closed off. You might be a little bit more like open. And I think everybody reacts to these things all differently. So
1: hundred um, percent. And I think that um, the best thing about coaches and the unconscious world and any type of modality is um, for anybody listening, pick somebody that you like. And if you don't vibe with that person and that modality doesn't work for you, then try something else. Right. For me, hypnotherapy and energetic work like changed my life. Um, but you know, I've tried many modalities since then, you know, breath work and ice bath and cold therapies and uh, meditation and all different things, you know, so it, it's it's a continual growth. And there's, there is a right practitioner, a right coach, a right something out there for you. Um, that, that's that's just the thing that, that comes to me is that there's so many different versions and options and yeah, yeah. so many teachers out there for us, for us all.
0: Yeah, there is a lot out there and just knowing, I mean... For somebody that has a problem, right? So like if they're in either a mental crisis or they're in a substance use, it, you know, have a, to think that they would know where to go to to examine, you know, these 30 different options or however many there are, right? Like that's crazy, right? At that time, they, you can't pull yourself out of it to even think like, one, I need help. And then two, be able to investigate all these different things, so to have somebody like yourself say, okay, I see you're here and these are your challenges. Here's four good ideas for right now. That might that might work, right? Like, and I think that that's such a powerful you know, service to offer people in that moment. Um, so that's awesome. So I just want to get back to your timeline a little bit. You're 30, you find sobriety at this point, and you start on a new journey. You're still married at that point. Yes. Okay. So when does the next major life change happen? Because like that is a major life change, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, 33. 33. um, I met my wife. Okay. And I've really been diving hard into this personal development world like studying hypnosis and changing my my business from a beauty business to more of a energetic healing kind of uh coaching world um my beautiful parents had actually moved in with me and my ex-husband to help us get back on track financially and um it was just yeah it was a, a really um hard time and my ex and i i believe like our, our, our journey had finished um he wasn't supportive of me growing into that, you know, this new, new Nicole, mm-hmm. whoever she was. And I had always known that I was bisexual. And I just met this beautiful woman and, and fell in love with it. And I knew that my timeline was was done with, with my ex. So yeah. that was a, a big challenge. Um, we had been, um, had like a, a polyamorous relationship before where we'd had invited other people in that, But um, yeah, he'd always known that I was, you know, loved women. And for me, I guess that was the another big challenge is actually putting it out and telling everybody, telling the world basically. My dad, my mum knew that I was bisexual, but nobody in my close Hmm. world or even online world or clients knew that I was. And so, being having to come out and not having to, being able to speak my truth Mm -hmm. and and share with the world who Nicole really was, um, you know, introducing myself with a girlfriend was. Was a new part, especially to my kids as well. Um, I'm very blessed that the the universe and the world that I created. I did not get much backlash. I think like that. It was is very welcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few, but majority. My dad was a great. He was so funny. When I told him, he was like, "Oh, if I thought it'd be anybody. I thought it'd be your brother." Okay. <laughs> so you know, my dad's old school. He's seventy now. So you know, could tell my dad that. Uh, you know, nine years ago, it was it was. Huge, yeah. Um, and um, I think I don't know. I, I feel like I've lived like ten lives this 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 journey on this earth. You know, uh, addiction. You know, mother, ADHD. Um, mm-hmm. You know, coming out bisexual, divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, have lived so many different things. But I honestly believe that me being able to be deeply vulnerable about all of these things gives other human beings hope. Like, oh my God, she's. Been through that challenge too, and you know I've had mental health and suicidal thoughts and depression and anxiety and you know other areas of addiction that cropped up after mm-hmm. after sobriety. You know, got into you know, too much work or different things of eating eating bad foods. Um, but yeah, I put everything out in my in my content to to inspire and help others. Right.
0: And coming, you know, you know, at that point when you say to, you know, your circle, hey, this is who I am, right? Mm. That's a big moment too, right? So, like, you're going through a divorce and then you're announcing, you know, this is who I am and this is who I, you know, have always been. Um, there's there's probably a lot of emotion around that. Were you in a good enough place, like, I guess, in were you, Did you have any challenges at that moment, like with substance and go like, this feels so uncomfortable, like I'm going to need something to get me through this? Or were you strong enough at that moment?
1: Good good, good pick up. Um, It wasn't until after, I don't think I was strong enough in those moments to uh, speak my truth, but I did have a relapse around that kind of, I think, maybe when I'd like sold the house and gone through that, there was a moment of time of, of weakness, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's but I crushed right? it very quick. Yeah, oh, 100%. But it was it was a good learning curve because I had tried that uh, again and I was like, fuck, I don't want this. Like, right. Sorry for for the phone, last way here. But I, it, it was a really good reminder of, you know, the energies because I'd started working on my own mental health and personal development and I was like, this is a really good reminder of what I do not want in my being and in my life.
0: Right. Yeah. Like a lot mm-hmm. of times what I'll say to people is like, you know, you're in a bad time and in your head, you're thinking, Oh, I'll go do that thing that made me feel better. Cause it's going to make that bad time somehow good, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, you, if you think about it, you can play that story ahead and go like, Oh yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. And then I'll be 10 times worse off. Right. So like, that's what I try to do in that moment now is say, okay, I know I'm having a bad day, but if I had a drink, like, would it actually get any better? No. Like I can play a hundred stories and all of them are worse, right? Like mm-hmm. if I just take a minute, you know, sit down, maybe have some tea, call a friend, whatever it is. Like there's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of options before I have to get there now. And I think sometimes it, ta- it just takes, you know, that, that setback to understand hey, that wasn't the right way, you know, like that didn't make anything better, you know, and I think that that, you know, can happen and it's okay. Like, I I don't, I don't want people to think like if, and you're a perfect story of it, like that happened to you and that didn't set your life all the way back to that. You just kind of picked up and went, okay, I remembered all the stuff that I learned. I'm going to keep on going. And I think that that's important to hear.
1: Correct. And one of my coaches said to me though, it's really good because um, I've had, you know, issues with alcohol as well. And um, I would beat myself up like if I had had too many drinks or whatever else, hadn't gone back to using drugs. But one of my coaches said to me, Nicole, don't beat yourself up. You're in the now and use it as a science experiment. How many times do scientists make do the same process? And then realize the outcome. If you're doing the same process and having a bad outcome, then change the process. Right. And so like what you're saying is, so think ahead. Like, is that process going to be, yes, if I use drugs or if I drink alcohol, is it going to have, you know, what's my outcome the next few days? Am I going to be depressed? Is it going to help me? Is it going to make it worse? Um. Yeah. And so now I think about it like that with anything. If I intake too much sugar, <laughs> okay. you know, whatever it is, I'm like, what is the process? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, was it going to make me and, and the strength, um, builds from those, from those relapses, from those, um, you know, learning experiences and not to hold that negative energy. Cause if you beat yourself up about them, then you don't have the strength to continue. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that philosophy.
0: Yeah. Sugar is a bad one for me and, and, uh, you know, a tough one. It's like, I do love a good treat. I love ice cream, I love donuts, and I know it's awful for me. And sometimes I'm really good. But like, as you start to cut all the things out in your life, like there's only so many things left, right? And it's like, is sugar the worst thing? And at this point, it probably is the worst thing I do for myself. Like, you know, like that that's what's left on the table. Like, um, and fruit doesn't cut it sometimes. You know, as much as I would love an apple to be like, oh, this is really making me feel better, ice cream, you know? And um, so, like, it's good to hear that other people struggle with these things. Um, you know, have you found any ways to really navigate that world or is it just consistently I think something? just
1: awareness, like, you know, bringing awareness. For me, um, you know, I had it's taken me a really long time to get into such a strong mental health capacity and it's the continued work you know you don't just work on one thing like your addiction and then you're done all these other things start opening up You're like oh i'm feeling unworthy here or i wasn't voicing my words that's why i was using these other distractions and so for me food comes in very quickly it's it's the reason that we fill our body with food because it's an instant relief of endorphins you know yeah. i've worked really hard i don't have time or whatever it is but um i i used to think to myself well at least i'm laying in bed not drinking alcohol and, and not having drugs i may as well eat maybe may as well use uber eats <laughs> um you know get get that delivery and so now now i've you know learned through that like, well that doesn't make me feel good either like you know that does play on my mental health so i i know it It's like that science experiment. I know when I move my body and I'm eating healthier and I'm drinking water and my body is functioning at such a higher frequency and vibration, I do genuinely love it. Am I going to give up coffee? Hell no. I love it. It's one of my things. Um, Am I going to give up sugar completely? Probably not. But, you know, just knowing, you know, I, I know that when I feel tired after eating, it's not a good thing. I've eaten something that's processed or that's not aligned with how my body wants to function.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing of understanding why you're doing the behavior, right? Like, I know if I'm eating ice cream because I'm out with the family and we're having a good time, and it's like we're out at the boardwalk. It's the summer. Like that ice cream is so much different than the ice cream at ten o'clock at night because I had a hard day, right? Like I, I, I know that in my head, and I say this, and I say it a lot on here, probably just to start to get that concept through a little bit to me. Um, But again, it's you know at this point, it's kind of the last, the last. It's it's probably
1: because your cup is empty and you haven't done something that day to nurture yourself.
0: Yeah, that's mostly what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's mostly what it is. And I think, um, you know, in the past, you know, if I had been working out and had time, like those little things that you know, you talked a little bit about, like ice therapy or you know a sauna or you know working out, like. People don't see those as therapy, they but they are, oh, they
1: sure are. yeah, they
0: are. And if you do them yeah. at the right time in the day, then that nighttime thing doesn't happen, and if you don't make time for those, it could be real a real problem. So um, I'm glad that you're you're putting them in that bucket of, of ideas, because a lot of people wouldn't. They see them as like additive, extra. You know, things that you don't need to do, but they're super important.
1: 100%. Body movement and ice bath is one of my things that I do daily. Like, I've built my own here. Love it. It really does help with my scatty mind. It helps me just my nervous system instantly calm down. Mm. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I get my kids to do it. Obviously, the kid's coaching. Like, my son does it as well. It's really interesting to see as well. So, everybody's nervous system is different. And my son's autism is, he's more reserved. Mm-hmm. After doing in cold therapy, you can't shut him up. He is so talkative, so he switches over. Whereas you chuck me in the ice bath, I just, like, instantly calm down. Hmm. so interesting.
0: Yeah. So you just said you have a <laughs> scatty mind. I, I like that uh, term. Um, and you had mentioned before ADHD and, you know, these types of things. Um, I have two boys one is 18 the other one's 12 um 18 laser focused like you know just straight laced no thing and then our 12 year old is on the opposite spectrum he has got a scatty mind and and we are in the midst of dealing with some of these challenges as he gets older and um you know i'd be interested to hear kind of when did you notice this in you And like, was it early in life and you just kind of pushed it off or, or have it, has it built over time? Um,
1: Good question. I think that um, I've always been an overthinker Mm -hmm. always in my head, but I believe that females mask very easily. Like we're taught at a young age to fit in. And so I would mirror or and um, copy other other girls. I was always told off for for talking too much I was going remember being distracted a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm still going through my whole process of here in Australia getting the full diagnosis and, and help from just a professional because I want to understand it from their their level I understand it from my holistic level but um I manage I honestly think that it's got worse because of the trauma of drug addiction so i believe that because i self-medicated obviously with methamphetamines and you know that the scattiness could be a trauma like the adhd could be trauma based Mm -hmm. as well as my genetics um but um i just i I love to personally yeah do it like calm my mind with um holistic modalities. I'm I'm going through a diagnosis process, but I don't want to use the medications, mm-hmm. but I'm very interested because I do work with kids that do have ADHD and do uh, have diagnosis here. And I like to really understand it. And I follow their train of thought very easily because that's how one of my works. I, I interrupt or I jump in and my brain's already thinking of five things ahead. So. I would say it's a mixture, I'd say I think that it started in childhood, but definitely progressed in later life to the point that it's sometimes very abrupt
0: mm, mm. yeah it's it's weird because I think you know my I don't know that my twelve year old really kind of understood it and and now he's getting this like sort of clarity around it mm-hmm. um not clarity, maybe more awareness, I would say. He's on social media. He sees posts about ADHD and people who can't concentrate. And he's like, that's me. And almost Mm. in like a, I don't want to say negative, shameful way, but like, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit different than somebody who can just like straight line think. Right. And, Mm. you know, and, and watching him kind of go through this over the past, I'd say year. And you know, he had a real bright light about him, even though he was all over the place. It was like a bright, bright light. And it's like, we've always said like, we don't want to dim him out. So we've always kind of stayed away from the the medicines. Um, Mm -hmm. We've done occupational therapy and, you know, I think that's taken as far as it could go. Um, And now it's like, what do you do? Right? Like, do you just kind of let him go and, and deal with it? And, and, we see issues around in school, like with concentration and, you know, teachers aren't really loving that anymore. It's not cute when you're, you know, it's cute at a certain age. And then at like 12, 13, I think it starts to just become annoying to people. But um I also yeah. just wonder, like, if you just like let somebody go, they could do a lot, right? Like you managed to do a lot in your day and it's not a challenge anymore. It's almost like a superpower, right? Correct.
1: That's what I was about to say. Like I am, um, I honestly believe that um, that um, yeah, let him be his amazing self. Find those coaches and mentors that are going to inspire him. Find other people that have ADHD and show him how amazing it can be. I can be hyper focused. I can run rings around other business owners because I can multitask like a mofo and just get shit done right um and i can really catch on to things i don't need to know the full detail because i'm very decisive on the on the conversations and the, the things that need to get done i can prioritize quickly and i'm very creative mm-hmm. so you know having this i think it's a you know i wouldn't change it for the world it's, it's it it is a super ability um I would suggest that he finds things that he loves and is passionate about that helps him regulate because I'm more interested now in my diagnosis to know about the emotions because I believe my emotions fluctuate a lot because of it. But um, my eldest son thinks that he's ADHD too, but he masks it. So Hmm. he, like, you know, finds it hard to concentrate. But I believe in that body movement. So anything that you can do to, to focus and run it out. Definitely believe in like breath or cold cold therapy, but like find his hobbies because he will be so focused on those and have the absolute intelligence for it. Um, as far as education goes, and not being helpful around those kind of things, I'm not a fan of education in any country to be honest. Like it's, it's just the system that fails. Um, I'm all about inspiring the youth for the things that they have, that, you know, the abilities that they do have, mm. uh, as long as they can read and write. Uh, it's more about their emotional intelligence. That's so important at such a young age, so that they don't make the same mistakes as us, right? Yeah. You know, helping them regulate, helping them vocalise uh, their emotions, their their things that they, you know, am going through. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I think that sometimes TikTok and and the and the and the the social media world is too overwhelming for us. Like, there's yeah. too much. There's yeah. too much. But finding some really cool people and like there are some amazing adhd people on tiktok that you can learn from
0: yeah yeah it's hard to parse out like what's good what's bad and um yeah that's a whole nother conversation like the social media thing but um you know i i do think it is a superpower if you can kind of let it be and yes um i just feel like Maybe the education system kind of tries to dampen it, and I, and I always go into his school like one at least once a year. I go into school and go like, "You better not dip my kid out. Like, I, you, he better still have that light at the end of this year." Like I've been saying that since mm-hmm. kindergarten. And I I just said it again today, so. um.
1: I love that. And I think, I mean, I don't know what you have in the US, but, you know, making sure that there are the support systems in there. I know that as a parent, so any parent listening to this and going through this stuff, you can advocate for your children. You can take a subject line out if it's right, that they can go study because they do need that time to concentrate. You can have movement breaks for your Mm -hmm. children that have these kind of things. Like, you can really get those things in place with or without a diagnosis because it's about their well-being and literally the education system and the teachers out there are to enhance our children's growth yeah so um, we kind of as parents can you you said before it's not cute anymore they're not really you know understanding it well that's freaking bullshit right As, as, as as a carer as an advocate as a person who helps children they actually should be all for the child and go okay well what is his learning needs what do we need to do to support how are these things and a lot of parents go home and go oh my god my kids naughty I don't know what to do they're being sent home that is not on you. That is on the education department, and they're meant to, and they don't. It's not all the teachers' fault because the KPIs in the background and what they what they have to deal with the systems. But um, sometimes, as a parent, it's so overwhelming to support your child through their their needs and their and their wants. So um, yeah, I'm a very big advocate. I go into bat for many of my my clients and my kids to for schools to to better support them. And like you said, not dull their light out because, you know, it, that, that is so
0: important. Yeah. Yeah. I I think this is probably a great transition point to what you do for kids, because I think, yeah. you know, this is, um, you know, I find a lot of my guests on, uh, there's like a match site for podcasts and that's how we got together. And, you know, I think that was something that really drew me in. Like, I don't really see a lot of people who are focusing on working with kids, and mm-hmm. i coached youth sports for a long time um you know i actually coached this past fall like i there is something that is unique about working with kids mm-hmm. um and if you get a kid that's engaged it is amazing like they can be amazing and they can change who you are and you help them change and and i think if you can do that like you're somebody that they'll remember forever so Correct. this you struck me because of this work. So if you could just kind of give me a high level of what you're doing for kids, that would be awesome.
1: Yeah. So um, whilst going through this journey and you know developing my coaching skills and and and, and training, I had my you know my little ones and, and getting sober. They were three and you know six and nearly seven getting sober. So I was you know, bringing home my personal development to my children and playing games with my, my kids about, you know, anger and uh, emotions. And I was just trying out what I was learning as an adult with my kids, using hypnotic language, anchoring in positive feelings. How do you know that? Because why? Like just having these games. And in here, in Adelaide, I kind of got known in, in our community to be the, the, the holistic, you know, hypnotherapist or whatever you want to call me, coach working with children. Mm -hmm. and I just downloaded like every time I used to say this all the time I don't know what I'm doing today I say it to my wife and she goes yes you do and I get within front of a child and it would download okay we're doing this um uh, mindset game where we move between anger and and peace or you know I've got this idea about you know seeing yourself when you were younger over here and I would just make it games with colors and crystals or chalk or whatever depending on the age group um and so it kind of like children picked me I then, and every single time I work with kids, I developed my own modality. I never work with a child and yes, they said yes. Didn't matter if the parents are paying or the disability service. I'd always ask, do you want to work with me? And if you don't, I'll find you someone better. So my connection and empowerment part was very important. Like only working with children that would want to engage. And then as I started working with the teens and with parents' permission, I could talk about my sobriety and what I'd been through and depression. And it just developed from there and about four years ago working with, or three years ago working with my coach, um, he said, what do you do? Like, you know, you've got all this skills that you've worked with couples and, you know, drug addicts and different things. What is your thing? And I just, I cry. Like I light up when a kid picks me. I just know that that was what I was meant to do. And so I developed and I relabeled myself the kids' coach. And I'm not reinventing a wheel or anything like that. I'm just bringing personal development to kids. Mm-hmm. And so I now teach others to do that. Like, you know, I mean, I, I want to be Tony Robbins on a world stage, the, the, the Nicole Hamilton version, with a world of kids' coaches out there filling in the gaps to brighten those lights, like you said, of the kids that are, have been doled out, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, and everybody can, you know, I've got, cooks and counsellors and educators that have left the system and OTs and, um, uh, you know, coordinators and all different people doing kids' coaching because kids need so much, you know, there's so many things you can do. You can play with them. You can, you know, be a role model. You could do therapy if you're trained in therapy. When you become a kids' coach, you're basically becoming a really good role model to hold space for a child who feels safe enough to engage with you to help them through whatever they're going through. And that's what, you know, that's what I'm put on this earth to do, so that's hmm. so why i'm the kids coach yeah
0: so you're you're doing the coaching but now you're also training others to do what you do so correct the, there's more of these kids coaches out yeah. uh, i've got
1: 118 in australia and i have my first one in boston in the u.s in uh, boston my
0: favorite my favorite city it is, is, it, a, oh, it, is yeah. it is my favorite city so if you are going to come to the states i suggest boston
1: i oh, Ruby. Yeah. I would definitely, I'll be coming. It's just, it's, it's on the to-do list. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, like I, I really do, for me, um, my community, it's, you know, it's engaging and, and, and coaching others. It's not a subscription or a franchise. It's encouraging others to live their life skills and help, help children. Yeah. And so I do see myself, you know, bringing these, you know, this knowledge to, to others. And that's why I do these podcasts as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, And uh, it's to inspire others and to help families and children that do feel lost in their four walls, because I was, I was trapped in my four walls, you know, not wanting to be there anymore. And through this work and through asking for help and changing directions, like it's led me back full circle to really, you know, teach what I know from my heart and, um, yeah and and I think that this is so important to keep the messages going because in those moments there was you know no podcast back then ten years ago when I was trying to get sober, there was no free information right, and so now if I can share it in any modality in any in any way, then that's what I'm also meant to do
0: yeah and and like so you know you know if I put my you know right now so mm-hmm if i had a problem with my children now in the states Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i would say okay my kid needs a therapist and like that's Mm -hmm. where we would go right so like i'm going to a therapist but -hmm. like my kids are gonna fight hard against that right i don't want to go to a therapist like that's not for me but like coach seems so much different and that is a it's a much i don't it's a general gentler landing probably for some kids to go like, oh, I could work with a coach, right? Like there's a certain thing that happens. It's a different environment too. Um, and something that I don't, I mean, maybe we, we have them. I don't know. I have not come across kids coaches. I know that in my recovery coaching um, part-time thing, we do work with some teenagers. There's always challenges around it though. Um, mm-hmm. There's like some there's always a challenge, uh, there's a leak like legally and, you know, it's a, that's yeah, I mean,
1: don't know what they are in the U S yeah. but, you know, here in Australia, we have to have our working with children's clearances. Yeah. We have to have all our insurances and that yeah. kind of thing, uh, as well. And obviously I teach that. And now that I have a new U S, uh, student I'll have to get up on your on your policies over there but you know um it is a gentle approach and the thing is though and I and I don't know what it is like over in the states but I assume it's the same as Australia no professional asks a child do you want to work with me That is the first thing. You know, why would you drag a child to another adult if they don't want to talk and communicate? And so it should be the first thing that's asked. Do you want to work with me? And if you don't, cool, I'll find you somebody else. And that can be in any profession. It doesn't matter to me if you're a coach or not. But empower the children to know that when they're asking for help, that not every single person is going to resonate with them. It is their choice to find that right person that like, hey, I like you, you're a vibe. You know, No kids ever said no to me because I have such a pure heart and when I say that to somebody whether it's online on a zoom or you know in person mm-hmm. they genuinely feel it and they're like no I do want to work with you And I'm like awesome what are we going to do yeah. but I've given them that choice and that that is the biggest thing you know being there of service for somebody without an attachment or expectation to money or outcome just being of service to somebody is so important um, and the kids feel it because they are still energetic they get it they're like ah oh, yeah. This person is for for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and how long does this go? Like, are, are you, you just said you have no expectations, but is this something like, you know, in all honesty, I've been with my current therapist for, I don't know, six years. Right. And like, sometimes yeah. I think, oh, this relationship's over, but then something happens and I'm like, ah, I still need this relationship. And, you know, we yeah. kind of, you know, but now like it's spread out. Like, do you, is this like do you have a program do you have a set program are you like reacting to the kid
1: when i work with children it's all intuitive and it's yeah. totally up to them it's totally up to them regardless of what the parent wants uh, i do include parents in therapy sessions too and train them too but i always you know so i have some autistic kids it's 45 minutes sometimes enough sometimes they check out i've had clients that i've had for years You know, I also then refer on if I believe the child's outgrown me, if they, you know, need a male role model, if they need something else now. Um, But I I, I don't have an attachment to a certain time or um, amount. My style of um, coaching is different because I do love going deep into the therapy because I've spent, you know, 10 years of studying NLP, hypnosis, uh, mental health, and the rest. So I I love going there if a child will let me with with different different ways and different mindset um, ways. And so sometimes kids come to me with just a a single-off problem, like I've got a phobia of this, and they might need two or three sessions, and some kids, uh, you know, want that full, you know, that full see me every fortnight. Mm -hmm. So... um, yeah, again, I, I leave that empowerment in the in the in the child because regardless of whether their parents are paying or the the disability sector here in Australia is paying for them because they've got a diagnosis, it's them, and that's how they. That's how I get their energetic uh, buy-in is because I say, hey, this is about you. What do you What do you need? Okay. And if I feel like they might need somebody else, I'm always about. As I said, there's a 118 kids coaches that I have worked with, um, but I have so many other friends and mentors in this world that I can intuitively work out when maybe a child needs a different approach.
0: Mm. And you you have your own kids too. So, you know, I would imagine, well, this is sort of like, I guess, a question of like, you know, the cobbler and the shoes or the plumber and the the pipes, like, how do you kind of take the coaching out of the parenting or is it like... You know, do the kids ever go like, hey, stop coaching me? <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I think um, I have a really uh, open relationship with my children because they've seen me through different things. And, you know, I talk to them openly now that they're older in their teenage years about addiction and um about depression and the rest. Um, my they when they were younger, they were actually way more open to the spiritual side and the holistic coaching. And now they're like, nah nah nah. <laughs> However, the people that I have in my life, the role modeling that I sent because the behaviors that I do, they're being coached subliminally now <laughs> by my behaviors. And I have really freaking good kids i'm so proud of them a 17 year old who's got his license and his own car and a savings for his house and you know and 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 an apprenticeship and then a 14 year old who who just started applying for jobs because he's 14 now and and joined a gym and you know they're active like you know these things all take place so i don't think i'm anything but nicole i'm just raw and real and if they you know want to talk to me about stuff they can and if they don't they don't you know but i do (laughs) fill them full of many other role models because i do know that every child will relate differently to somebody else that sees them just as they are so i have aunties and uncles or you know the people that i really think that are trustworthy humans in their lives to pick up the slack where sometimes us parents need it
0: yeah yeah i think it's you know that's one thing i think that's come out of my sobriety is like understanding who's good to have around right Mm -hmm. like that that is a big deal Um, not only for myself, but then for my kids, um, Mm -hmm. you know, my older son was six when I got sober and then the younger one was like one. So, um, the six year old saw, you know, a little bit of it. And then, um, my younger one, he wouldn't remember me as a, a drinker, but, um, you know, I think, you know, we've cut people out of the picture that might mm. model behaviors that we don't want to see in the kids and well, you know I, i'm sure that you and you know your your wife are modeling behaviors day in and day out so it's like you're not really having to coach it w- it was like you know i just wondered how many times you would slip into it because sometimes oh, I, I, I get a little sweet. preachy <laughs> you know
1: i still do like my teenager he tests me but i really want to have that open relationship that he can come to me with anything you know i I, you know i don't i genuinely don't say no to things because i know that i've seen before like my parents were very strict Mm. so i'd rather you know you come to me deeply and honestly your my behaviors and values might be different than yours but i've got to encourage him to make his own choices and mistakes too and just love him unconditionally Mm -hmm. um so i have a very open you know a conversation with my kids about everything.
0: Yeah. And I and I don't know that all parents do, you know, I think, you know, we've all, and it sounds like you, you know, you try to, you try to treat your kids like adults, right? Like we try to bring yes, our kids like yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, to their level, to every single child yeah. to, as a little human with emotions to help them feel safe. And then giving them as much detail as I feel that is right for their knowledge and, and age.
0: Yeah. And not everybody does that. And, and I think those are the people that struggle sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, we, you know, I'll, I'll notice our kids in a room and they're just like a little bit more in tune with the, the room, you know, and, uh, That's because we treat them like humans yeah that's what it is probably and and the
1: thing is as well though we weren't taught that though so you've got to imagine what other parents have grown up with or what children have grown up with their maps are outdated you know Mm. and so where i've learned i've learned it from personal development was i that parent to my you know three-year-old and six year old no am i a completely different you know mother to to my three-year-old now hell yes is it better or worse who knows, but I'm just doing the very best that I can with the knowledge and the resources that I have, and that's all I can do. Yeah, know?
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, even the parent I am now from two years ago is different, right? Like, okay. that's just it, it evolves based on what I learn and you know what my wife is learning, and you know, it's and you know, it's it's a crazy thing, but you don't know how good of a job you're doing until like way further down the road, right? Like, it's yeah. not something that we can judge when they're three or or yep. even 14 or, or really eight. Like, you know, I have an 18-year-old. It's like, yeah, I've done a pretty good job up to now, but, like, he's still got a long way to go, right? Like, Oh,
1: we're still be parenting when they're 40 and we're, like, 60, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. and if, you know, my mom still worries about me. I'm 42, you know? So I don't think it stops ever. And that's the other thing that um, some of the parents do ask me. Like, you know, they are older and they're like, Is it too late for me to, you know, learn this stuff or change? I was like, no, because even if you've got a 40 year old child and you're 60, if you start your own business or start coaching children or change your language and speak more with love, that they're going to notice that at whatever age Mm -hmm. and they're going to go, wow, if mum can do it or dad can do it, I can do it too. Consciously or or not consciously, whether they, but the modeling that we do, if we change for the better, always, you know, better humanity and especially our own family.
0: Yeah, we still want a parent to kind of tell us what they think, you know, of um, right? Like I still want some input from my parents, you know, is this the right choice? Should I do this? Should I do that? And if they're, you know, not there, um when you're 40, it, th- it still feels bad. You know, that's yeah. the thing. It's you know, you're still looking for that. Um So that's awesome. And I guess you know, you have 119 coaches that you've trained. So at this point now, like you have your kids that you've influenced and now you're influencing, you know, exponential amount of kids, which is amazing, yeah. right? Like you're helping to reset some sort of narrative in your country, like just just based on the amount of coaches that you've put out, right? Like there's a lot of kids that are going to get help because you've trained these people, is your goal to continue, Do you said Tony Robbins, so obviously your goal yeah. is to continue to do this.
1: Yeah, my, my goal is to just inspire the world, really, yeah. you know, look at, you know, I'm calling in all coaches right across the world, people that, you know, have these skill sets, moms, dads, mm-hmm. you know, doctors, anyone that wants to help the youth, like I am, I definitely am, uh, to motivate others to look at these children as little humans and help them uh, evolve because I, you know, I go back and do my healings and, you know, look at my sobriety and where I've made those choices and behaviors. And it's all because at some point or other, I felt unheard, unworthy, uh, not good enough. And that's not from my parents. That's from society and, and you know education and different things. And so if we can help that seven-year-old or that 12-year-old or whatever else, Be so connected and have their own self-love and self-confidence. Imagine the 20-year-olds that grow up. Imagine the 30-year-olds that grow up. You know, that is crazy. And whether they do or don't divulge into whatever, you know, choices later on, that's up to them. But to be deeply connected to yourself and know your sense of self-worth, that's where the systems are failing. That's where medical and education is failing. We're not not teaching them that. (laughs) And it's there. I'm not redeveloping a wheel. I'm just going, hey, teach it to somebody younger.
0: Yeah no it makes a ton of sense and then hopefully like they're better parents because of it and you know like
1: correct yeah it, yeah. yeah
0: it's it's a great it's a great model um just thinking back though your 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 practice is all one on one right you're not group coaching at this point or, or like I guess with myself, that. Myself yeah. personally? Well, yourself kids, or people that you're myself. working with. No, and, they, do yeah. okay. they do
1: both. They do so, both. So, you know, I work online. So I train groups and, and uh, run retreats and workshops. Um, I've got, you know, coaches right across Australia. They run kids um, programs from, you know, young kids to you know to teenagers so every single kids coach is different it's not this it's not like that we're all um say maybe yoga instructors Hmm. where we do the same poses and the same things kids coaches are so variant so some of my kids uh, coaches are teachers and they're doing you know one-on-ones and then they're doing groups some of them are doing yeah just you know just one-on-ones i i do believe the majority probably are one-on-ones but there are group coaches and stuff as well and most of us are all online these days as well yeah. that's the beauty of you know of our technology
0: yeah yeah we mm. well i'm going to make sure that i link all your you know your information on the show notes so that people can get in touch with you want to learn you. about like how to individually maybe work with you but also if they're interested in becoming a coach like what that looks like mm. um and then you know your social media so everything will be on the show notes um, but before we go, I do I do end every podcast with, I'm a big fan of like music, books, movies, TV, um, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that you're going to have something good to recommend, I'm hoping. Um, so if you had any recommendations on like the media front this week, I would 100% welcome that. For our kids or for you? For for anybody. Yeah, okay. like, you know. um
1: hmm. -hmm. Well, I have really been into this week and last week into um, a Spotify playlist called Higher Mind by Bashar. I don't know if you've heard of Bashar. No. I really love him. He's a person that channels. He reminds me a lot um, of. um... Why can I not remember his name? reminds me a lot of a philosopher that I love damn it it's gone out my mind but the the way that he speaks about connecting unconditional love and changing our stories it's just really really cool so yeah okay love it. i love listening because i as i said before adhd anytime i can fill my mind when i'm driving or exercising but yeah Bashar, sure uh, higher mind is the, pod, is the podcast that i'm listening to on on spotify
0: okay i will link that in the notes as well um I guess my my media recommendation this week isn't so much a specific thing, but it is a playlist that Spotify launched like a couple of weeks ago. I saw it on social media. And you mm-hmm. type in your day list and it kind of orders the music that you are listening to like that day. So mm-hmm. in that time. So like in the mornings recently, I have been taking like time to just listen to classical piano music. So now like every morning I get new recommendations for like different classical piano and then in the evening it switches to more like folk music or whatever did
1: you say spotify does that yeah
0: yeah you just type in day list and it 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 somehow i guess it just listen looks at your listening patterns um so it's uniquely to you and then it's uniquely to the day and time which i thought was super interesting so you know, I'm guessing if you continue to use it too much, you'd probably just fall into a rut. But, you know, every once in a while, it's good to kind of go to it. Um, yeah. And then for those of you that don't know, they do the same thing for like workout. So you could type in workout on Spotify and it'll have a, a workout mix based on your listening habits. And there's like huh. a workout pop, workout rock, workout hip hop, workout edm and it's like your music and it's all very like based on you know working out so
1: love that i'm gonna use that because i definitely go to the gym and go to my dance studio so
0: yeah so that's my uh my recommendation for the week use the built-in playlists <laughs> so again, and
1: alan watts that was the guy i was trying to think of alan watts have you ever listened to him no i haven't Oh, my God, you have to. So find him on Spotify as well because there's snippets. Okay. That philosopher has, yeah, very deep, amazing. Great,
0: great. Well, Nicole, I appreciate you being on today. Again, I hope people reach out to you. Um, I think the work that you're doing with kids is amazing and it can change sort of the next generation, which is is really the hope. Um, and it'll help us too. So. <laughs>
1: 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much for helping me share my story cuz it's so appreciated.
0: Yeah, yeah, great.
1: Be on these these platforms.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see everybody here next week and um again if you could like, review, subscribe, it's much appreciated and that's it.